0: This podcast is sponsored by Luke1977. If you fancy grabbing yourself any gear from Luke, don't forget to use the code MAX20, which gets you 20% off almost anything over there at Luke. They've just brought out some really nice new clothing. So go and check that out. Really, really worth it. And don't forget to use that code MAX20 for a 20% discount. Right, hello, and welcome back to another Villa on Tour podcast. We are back again. We are talking about another win. It's just rinse and repeat. Absolutely incredible scenes at the moment. I'm your host, Max Stokes, as ever, joined by Simon Lyons. Just got through the door from the uh, Women's FA Cup semi-final, haven't
1: you? Villa losing one nil to Chelsea. Unfortunately, how was that? It was okay. It was um, it was a fairly close game. They were a little bit unlucky. I don't think I don't think there was much between the two teams really. But um, yeah, Villa sort of huffed and puffed a little bit. Didn't create. Many open, clear-cut chances, but yeah, I thought they deserved at least to take some extra time. But a big effort by the um, by the team all season, really, to get to the semi-finals and be where they are in the league. It's obviously been a really a really good effort. So no, fair play to them. Yeah,
0: fair play to the women. They are doing really well. I think they're sort of. I think Perslow did an interview at halftime today on the telly. It was on BBC One as well, which is really good coverage for the women. Um, but he was sort of saying their aim is to be best of the rest because the sort of money going into these top clubs in women's football is is pretty ridiculous. Chelsea, are, like the best, aren't know they? they are top of the league, I believe. Emma Hayes is a very very good manager, and she was being a little bit patronising after the game. I don't know, she was talking about the pitch and saying it was Villa's Cup final and all of this sort of stuff, and I was like, look, Villa are only going in the right direction, to be fair to them. They are best of the rest in the league, and I remember when we went to go and watch them, when they used to play at uh, Boldmere a couple of years ago, they were playing like Charlton in the second tier, and it really wasn't great, but the standard now Fair play to them. We went to the um, Man City quarterfinal, didn't they? And um, nah, fair play to the women. They are doing really well. Carla Ward's
1: doing a great job over there. So long may it continue. They're doing a good job, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And, and and as you say, like when we went to see them, that was what three three years or so ago. And the progress they've made um, since then has been. They're remarkable so yeah I mean fair play to the owners they came in and they sort of sorted it out on the men's side but also sorted it out on, on the on the women's side as well and so yeah to be best of the rest it's similar to what the men's is essentially isn't it really so fair, fair play to the women it's um it's it's not it's not a bad watch either big credit really because it's probably something I wouldn't have considered a few years ago so no fair play to them
0: yeah true if you ever thought about going I'd say
1: just do it like we went to that that Man City quarter final,
0: and we thought right it's something to do but no I'd go again like it's really enjoyable it's sort of like a different atmosphere to the men's, isn't it? It's sort of like a family day out. So if you've got kids or whatever, definitely worth taking them down. It's a really, really good day out. But um, we'll move on to the men's team then. Aston Villa's seventh win in eight games with an incredible 3-0 win over the media Starboys, Newcastle United. Go and check out the Villa On Tour video if you haven't already to get a really good feel of the atmosphere in Villa Park yesterday because it was an absolutely mental atmosphere. It was so good. And also subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. Come out every Monday morning so listen when you're going to work, at you College, whatever. Do subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple, so you never miss an episode. So, coming up in this podcast, we'll talk all about Saturday's battering of Newcastle United at Villa Park. The atmosphere, which I thought was excellent, of course, and we'll look a little bit at the sides around us and have a chat about how they're getting on and where can Villa realistically finish at the end of this season. Something I do want to mention before we crack on, though, Simon. You may have seen that uh, Villa announced that we're going to America for pre-season to play some other Premier League teams. We're going as well, aren't we? We have booked it as soon as they announced it. We we're on the uh, Skyscanner, looking at everything, looking at hotels. We only went and booked it, so uh, roll on July. We'll be in America. Looking forward to it, mate. It's going to be class. That is, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. We we jumped straight on it, didn't we? We found uh, a reasonably sort of sort of good deal for the time of year as well. So, yeah, we jumped into it, and um, yeah, it's funny you say that actually because I've just been watching the end of the uh, Man United Forest game, and it was actually on a. An American channel I was watching it on. Um, and, um, and yeah, that they had like a big trailer on uh, the Premier League Summer Series this, this summer um, and I thought oh yeah that- that'll be us there that all so yeah can't wait for that we got a, a-, a really good deal out of it and so um, yeah nine ten days in America following the villa I mean what could be better than that really
0: it's gonna be brilliant and I can see like the analytics of this podcast and I can see that a lot of people from America do listen to it so firstly thank you very much for that but we shall hopefully see you in July we fly to New York from London don't we then literally immediately yeah. get the train to Philadelphia uh, there's a game in Philadelphia then the morning after the game we fly to Orlando uh, a few days there watch a game there then we fly back to New York have a few days there then get a train to Washington it's it's going to be incredible 9 days on the east coast of America to watch the Villa uh, playing three games over that sort of week spell. It's going to be unbelievable. I've never been to America before in my life and to go to all these brand new cities and see New York and see, see the White House with our Villa flags. I'm sure Villa, Villa shirts everywhere to meet the American Villa fans as well because I know Villa have got a really good following in New York as well. Um, I know a few people who've watched games with the um, New York Lions and their sort of HQ there. So looking forward to that. If any New York Lions are listening, get in touch. We'll uh, sort out a point or two, but I'm, I'm just looking forward to it. You've been to New York before, haven't you, as well? But my first time in america you're gonna have to
1: show me around i can't wait mate yeah i've been to new york a couple of times but never ventured uh, anywhere else in america so doing a little bit of a a tour of the um of the of the east coast will be yeah really good and It'll involve a lot of traveling, a lot of planes, a lot of trains, but um, you know what, it'll all be <laughs> worth it, and not, you know, we've got we've got enough time, haven't we? And a good nine, ten days away, so no, it'd be really good, really, really looking forward to it. Um, obviously, we've got a bit of business to sort out in our Premier League season before then, so so we've got all <laughs> that to concentrate on. But yeah, it'll uh, it, a great a great time, and really, I think for the fans in America as well, we've got such a mm. big contingent probably throughout America and definitely on that East Coast, and so for them to be able to see um. A few villa games, um and, and, and everywhere's not too far. Okay, Orlando's a little bit um, further, you, it would take you what 15, 16 hours by road. So we are flying to Orlando, but um, <laughs> but yeah, everywhere else is pretty close, and so we we get to tick off a good few cities within a few days, really. So yeah, really looking forward to it. It'll, it'll be great. Yeah, it'll be brilliant. That will. And um, you saw how, how well the Australian trip did in the
0: summer as well. Sort of all the Aussie fans seeing Villa and how excited they were. It's just it's just great. And like you said, Villa do have a great contingent in America all over the place. We've got a great contingent anywhere. We're a massive club. So we're so good to to meet the American fans and look out on Villa on saw for that because there'll be plenty. See of videos from America. Honestly, the content from that, just can't wait to bring you guys videos. It's gonna be unbelievable. So stay tuned on Villa on Saw. Um, buzzing for that, bring it on. Anyway, on to more recent events then. Aston Villa 3, Newcastle 0. Absolutely crazy scenes at Villa Park at the weekend, mate. It felt like one of them days at Villa Park. I don't know. It felt sort of on par with West Brom in the playoffs in the semi-final. Everton 2-0 back in the Premier League. Our first win back in the Premier League. That 3-1 in Emery's first game. I just felt like it was one of them... Outrageous afternoons at Villa Park where everyone was high, the atmosphere was insane. It just felt like one of them days, didn't it? I won't forget that in a long time. So good.
1: Yeah, it was oh, it was just a perfect day, wasn't it? And um I said to my brother before the game, it feels like there's a level of sort of expectancy at the ground yesterday. The fact that there was a buzz around the stadium. Mm. Um even though it was a half twelve kickoff, which can which can sometimes um stump the atmosphere and I mean, we know that Villa Park's been given a bit of a rough ride in terms of the atmosphere over the last couple of years or so, but it was absolutely on point, wasn't it, on on, um, on Saturday. And, uh, yeah, the atmosphere sort of... I felt like the atmosphere sort of drove the team home. The fans are up for it right yeah. from the offset, and the, the players fed off that, I thought, and then the fans fed back off that. And it, was, it went hand-in-hand hand yesterday, and Villa obviously made such a a quick start to the game but yeah it was just a a perfect day and for me i think it i think it's up there with 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 generally one of the best i mean in terms of performance Mm. absolutely but even in terms of atmosphere i just thought that the whole day was perfect really and uh yeah, and, and I think I think the key thing about it for me as well, like around where I sit, everyone was there after the game still, like, you know, like dancing along, singing along to the songs and <laughs> applauding the players off. You know, I'm obviously in the North stand, so it's a bit of a wait really to wait for all the players to get to the whole town and then come all the way back and uh, applaud the North stand. But nearly everybody remained in the seats by me and I just, I thought that just sums up the appreciation everybody had for the performance and just the day in general. It was just a, uh, it was one of those brilliant days. You'll look back on it in a few years and, and say, "Oh, do you remember that Newcastle game?" It was. It sort of reminded me of that Everton game when we first got promoted. Um, yeah. In terms of the atmosphere and in terms of how buzzing it was and the excitement and the the and the expectation around around the stadium, it was a uh, yeah. It was it was it was a real joy to be there yesterday.
0: Just the vibe and the bonds around the whole club at the moment is just something that. You just want to just keep, just keep it. It's just a brilliant feeling. And I'm sure the players are feeling it as well. But as a fan who's lucky enough to go every week, it's just brilliant. And I'm loving every single second of it. Seven wins in eight games. I was speaking to someone before the game and I was saying like, this is probably the biggest game I've, I've ever seen Villa play in the Premier League. Like, yeah, you can talk about that that West Ham game where we where we stayed up and things like that, but it's like, yeah, but that's that's got negative connotations to it, really. Like, this is actually positive, and this is Villa being good. It's just I've never seen Villa this good, and in, in sixth place, it's just an absolute joy to watch. And the fact it's Newcastle, there's obviously that that little bit of spice there. Um, make of that what you will but i just we we thought it would be tight didn't we at the weekend i was speaking to people before the game and i think 1-0 was the most popular prediction that's what i said that's what you said we all expected it to be tight didn't quite turn out that way did it but going into the game we expected it to be tight one didn't we
1: yeah we did and i think um and i think that was purely down to the fact that obviously villa and newcastle both had you know sort of watertight defences really i mean newcastle's got mm. the best defence in the league um would obviously won five five on the bounce um and, and and Villa had won four on the bounce when we were going for the five and so um yeah it was um it was it, it, it was just um yeah it felt it felt like it was gonna be a tight game, it really did. Um but I feel I, I feel like and, and there's, there's been there's been a lot made in the media after the game about how poor Newcastle were. And I think that's really unfair to Villa because I think that Unai Emery just tactically outclassed Eddie Howe if I'm being totally honest and I just think how Villa set up Newcastle just had no answer for um, and that wasn't for the one to try in you know. Or I don't think Newcastle were particularly bad I just think that our tactics got the better of them and we were, just so, we were mm. just so up for it every single player in that team just looked bang at it from minute one it never felt like we were going to be in danger and like you know, we went sort of 2-0 up and 3-0 up later on in the game and you know in in, in times gone by as a Villa fan you'd have been worrying, you'd have been worrying that yeah. the opposition were going to come back into mm. it but I don't think for one moment I actually s- stood there yesterday and thought, "Oh, you know, we we're in danger here." It just we just look comfortable all day, and um, yeah, a big big praise to the manager and the players again for executing. Um, obviously what, what the manager wanted but we just totally nullified and outclassed Newcastle and and I said it on Twitter we, we genuinely just schooled them didn't we? We schooled them into how to play a game of football yesterday and as an Aston Villa fan how many times do we say that? It's mad as well that
0: Newcastle have only lost to two teams previous to Saturday at the weekend they've lost to Man City and they've lost to Liverpool that's it they've got the best defence in the league which we've mentioned already it's incredible and we absolutely it, you can tell with Villa sometimes I've said it before sort of Villa gone by and Villa now you can sort of tell within the first two or three minutes It's what you're going to expect from the whole day. I think that was pretty obvious. We started incredibly fast with us hitting the post, etc. But you can sort of tell, can't you, five minutes. You can tell it's going to be one of them days at Villa Park where the atmosphere is going to remain electric and that's just going to drive the players and the players are going to drive the fans as well. They're going to feed off each other. And people talk about the atmosphere and they have done all season. I think it's it's become a bit of a trend to do it and it's become fashionable to moan about the atmosphere. It's, It's not been that bad all season, to be honest. But yesterday it was incredible and it really did drive on the players. And look, Newcastle have only conceded three one other game this season, as that that was in a three-three draw with Man City. So we we just mugged them off. We absolutely mugged them off, and they probably rocked up at Villa Park. Probably you know they'd probably take a draw, but they're third in the league. They probably were a little bit complacent. But in the first five minutes of that game, it said it all, didn't it? Hitting the post inside thirty seconds. It could have
1: been two, three, four, couldn't it? Easily. Yeah, it could have. And like you were, you were sort of reeling from the missed chances, really, in the first half because you thought, you know, we're still playing a good side and they've they've got the ability to come back. We obviously got that goal, but um, quite early on. But the other chances we had, you really thought, oh, this should be two sort of three nil. This should. I just think for Villa at the moment, we don't look like we're going to concede any goals. I've, I've just feel like I just feel like we don't we don't really give many chances away either at the moment and that's the and that's one thing I was really interested in watching yesterday like I was really really intrigued by how Emery sets up defensively just how how, how he stops the opposition and there's so many times when Villa drop into that sort of back six when we're when we defending and you're watching it and you just think I can't see how the team's gonna actually get through us here unless it's gonna be like a, a long-range like incredible effort Uh, which is going to beat the goalkeeper, then, well, you can't do much about that. But I was watching Villa's sort of structure yesterday, and I was just, I was watching, thinking, I don't think they're going to get through here. I genuinely don't. And, um... I mean, I'd love to know what's changed. I mean, we were talking not that long ago after we conceded the four against Leicester and four against Arsenal and the three against City when we were, we were talking about, oh yeah, you know, we look, good, we look good going forward but we desperately need to tighten up at the back. And not only have we tightened up at the back, we've, we've turned into just a team that literally doesn't give hardly any goals or, or even chances away. Um, and I know there's been a lot of things flying around the media this week talking about, oh, our Villa lucky and the XG thing and, and, and all rubbish like that. And I just think, you know what, use your eyes, use your eyes and watch the game of football because if you did watch the game of football, you'd realise Villa have hardly, hardly given any clear-cut opportunities to the opposition in the last four or five games now. I mean, I even think back to that Chelsea game a few weeks ago, like, if you look at XG that day, it looks like Chelsea absolutely battered us and it looks like they had loads yeah. of clear-cut chances, but they didn't. They had loads of pot shots from outside the area and drag shots wide from outside the area. And I think I said to you at the time, I said, Villa will allow that all day long. We'll take that all Can day bring long. bring it on. Yeah, because you're not unless you've got in- incredibly precise accuracy, you're not going to score very often from that. And so yeah, I, I I was really really impressed yesterday, and um, it was probably probably not the first time, but one of the I, I just had it in my head to think, oh, let's have a look at Villa's sort of defensive structure yesterday, and uh, just watching it from the North Stand, especially in the second half, about how we were dropping into that six, and this is even before Chambers came on. Um, you know, like John McGinn was sort of like your right back at, at one point, and Ramsey was doing the same the other side, and I thought it was just it was re- it was a really Good game to watch. A really good tactical game mm. to watch. Um, and I was just... Yeah, I came out the ground and I was just really, really impressed. All this XG nonsense comes
0: from people who, who don't watch 95 minutes of Villa every week. And I get it. Like, these pundits, that's not their job to watch 95 minutes of Villa. They can't do that. They can't watch Brighton, Brentford, all these teams. They can't comment on them because they don't watch them. And I, I just... that The XG thing that, you know, Twitter went into meltdown with on Friday absolutely blew my mind. Like, I don't get it. The guy was sort of saying... Um, Villa were lucky in this game, this game, this game, this game. That Man United game where we, we won 3 1. They had an XG of 0.6. So they were, I've coloured it green because they were lucky. And I was sat there thinking, yeah. what? If you were there and you watched that game, we weren't lucky. Man United were terrible and we capitalised on it. We scored a free kick. We went 3 1 up early in that second half and we. we, we coasted it it's just absolute nonsense the whole statisticians thing and all these stats and absolute nonsense stats about expected points and expected goals who cares about expected anything we're sixth in the league I absolutely I don't understand it end of the day the only stat that matters is that we've won seven and eight we've gone from 17th to sixth,
1: and we're flying I think I just found it extremely disrespectful if I'm being totally honest I think um Yeah, I just think, you know, we've come from 17th into 6th position in the league, 3 points behind 5th place, Tottenham as it stands. We've had a remarkable, remarkable run under Emery. Um, he's, He's been incredible. You might look at stats and you might have a look at XG, and if you believe XG or if you think it's a good tool to use, I personally don't, but if you do think it's a good tool to use, then fair enough, you're entitled to that opinion. And make a video on X G if you wanna. Make make a video on how Villa's XG is lower than other teams. I don't really care about that. But don't label us as looker. Because if you're watching if you're watching our games over the last um few months or so, you'd know that Villa haven't 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 been looking. What what games have Villa yeah. been truly looking What games have we walked out and thought, Oh, we gotta wait, we're on there today? I don't think it's. I'll so you well. what games we haven't been lucky in. Lucky, lucky is a two way street.
0: Arsenal at home, it could have been two two. Easily could have got a point from that. The balls come off um, Martinez's head, and the fourth goal is because he went up for a corner. Um, West Ham away, that that penalty that we conceded. Is a 50-50. We said at the time it was incredibly soft and another referee on another day. It's, it's not a penalty and we win that game 1-0 easily. So th- those are two examples where luck's gone against us. So lucky is a two-way street. There's going to be elements of it all throughout the season for all teams. So to label us as lucky just as sort of a lazy thing. Don't get it at all. And it's unfair. You're right. Completely unfair on mm-hmm. the job that Emery's done and the players. Completely unfair.
1: It is, and like I say, look, make all the videos you want on stats and XG, whatever you can do what you want. I'm not really bothered, but don't start labelling teams as lucky when it's not the truth. Like it's, I just think it's really poor content. If I'm being honest with you, maybe maybe it was just said in you know maybe it was just a bit of a throwaway comment, and you know it wasn't meant to be the you know it wasn't meant to cause the reaction it it, it has caused. But I did read, I, I did see it, and I and I, I didn't I didn't bother to watch the video. I just I just saw the quotes of it. I found it just utterly disrespectful for the job that am is done, and also the players for executing I keep going over this, but we we were talking a lot before about these players being these players being like a, a losing group, a losing mentality running through yeah. running through the group they weren't able to to step up to the plate or step up to the mark and you know John McGinn, he's never a captain material, and Tyra Mings, uh he'll be ousted out soon, and etc. etc. You could go on forever and ever and ever. And look at the, look at how these players are performing for this manager. You know, like I say, got some seventeenth to sixth. You know, he's with the in the top sort of three for form since he's come in 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 terms of a form table. I just I just think if you, you're making videos, you're making content, I just think you, you need to be extremely careful about how you're labelling stuff like that because I just thought it was really, really disrespectful. It might say, you know, people might say, or oh, you take it to heart too much. But do you know what? I, I am a little bit, to be honest. You know, you go home and away, you watch how well your team's playing and then you get someone who doesn't even support you, doesn't even watch the games, calling your looker, And you think, I, I don't think so. Um so yeah, it, it riled me. I do I say riled, and that's because I am riled by it. But um yeah, we're not lucky at all. We're just in great form and we're and, and, and we playing well. So happy days. Yeah, we're standing up for our Messiah Unai Emery. He deserves all the credit and to, to label
0: us as that sort of thing. Not not a fan at all. We'll get back to the game anyway. Uh we go one 0 up within it's another early goal within fifteen minutes again. Another goal within that fifteen minute mark is incredible. I think it was eleven minutes in. Fair play. Um we haven't talked about the team news actually, but Den Donker comes in. He plays the ball to McGinn. Great ball in at the back stick. And I actually thought from my vantage point in the upper hole, I thought Watkins was fouled. So I didn't actually see the goal because I was waving my arms about appealing for a penalty. And I just see Jacob Ramsey come onto it. And it's a brilliant finish. I think the only word to describe that finish is he drilled it in. Absolutely brilliant. Nick Pope sort of just falls to the floor. It's a great finish. And to go one and up early, happy days.
1: It was great football again as well, like Dendonka managed to shift it into McGinn uh, quite quickly and then McGinn's cross was a brilliant one and then for Watkins to be able to leap that high and then get a perfectly cushioned header back to Ramsey was just sublime and then Ramsey just did everything perfect, he drilled it into the ground which is effectively what beat the goalkeeper but um, it was just a great team goal but yeah, Watkins did exceptionally for that and I know what you mean, from the north stand I I was uh, screaming for a penalty as well Um, but then Ramsey Jordan in, so I, I, I soon shut up and just started celebrating instead. So, but yeah, um, a great team goal really, and fast out the blocks again, really fast out the blocks. We'd um we'd really taken the game to Newcastle from minute one, and uh and and we were rewarded really. I thought we really deserved the lead after 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 eleven yeah. minutes. Yeah, we did. And
0: back to Dendonka then. The move sort of starts with him. I was never really worried with him coming in. Obviously, there was a toss up before the game of who comes in for Bailey. Do you do a straight swap and sort of um keep McGinn deep and and play and Traoré? do you play Dendonca and push McGinn further forward? I was never worried with Dendonca. He played in that first game under Emery with Man United, uh, against Man United at Villa Park. I, I do trust Dendonca. He does the simple things. Let Louise go forward and be a little bit more fancy if you need to. Never worried about Donker. He just does the simple things and gets on with it. And for someone who hasn't played a lot of football recently at all, I couldn't name his last game. He's had injuries and all sorts. Fair play to him. I thought he did absolutely everything right yesterday. He was excellent.
1: Yeah, he was. He was... Um... A big credit to Dendonka, because I think... I was saying to my brothers again, I was saying that, you know, you you worry with our injuries, but with our team, it seems to just... Find somebody that just comes in and, and does the job, and you don't really notice any anything different. I was a big fan of it—the the the move to bring Dendonker in, just because mm. I think John McGinn's done great in that defensive midfield role. I think he has, but for me, John McGinn excels in that in that sort of wide sort of attacking position. I think he's he, I think he's like two three times the player that he is when he plays defensively. Yeah. Um, and I've said that for a long time. And so, yeah, I was a big fan of it, and I think people were a little bit worried about Dendonker's sort of mobility. But I think if you watch him, he's fairly mobile actually, and in that position. He doesn't he doesn't need to move a lot really. He's in that sort of pivot double pivot position where you know he's at, his job is simple. His, his job is really simple. It's to it's to stop it's to stop the opposition, it's to receive the ball, and it's to move the ball on quickly. And that's and that's what yeah. he did. And I think he only misplaced one pass yesterday out of all the ones he had. and I think people have got it in their heads about the, the Stevenage thing when the ball was sort of launched to him and he you know feels like a it. long time ago. <laughs> he does. And but the, the, the thing I'd say, like, you can't have that in your head because yeah, it was a mistake, but no. we've made other mistakes when playing out from the back this the season. Kamara, for instance. Instance, and and um and and louise for instance and 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 there, ha, and there has been times when we've done that, which is fine because we know we're, we're in a learning process still but yeah just a word for dendon because I thought he was uh, I thought he was good, he did everything really he kept everything simple. He kept the game ticking along in our favour. Um, and I, yeah, I thought he, he, was, he, he just went about his game, didn't he, so well. Mate, mobility. The guy was pulling out Cruyff turns on the halfway line all afternoon. <laughs> it was just
0: incredible. Fair play, Dendonka. Even, I mentioned this, when I was coming out the ground, I saw a bloke with a Dendonka shirt on. I had to speak to him and say, mate, I love your shirt. Who who buys a Dendonka shirt? I think I might have to after the weekend.
1: I yeah, like that though. It's I like obs- that obscure, isn't it? I like that. I, I quite. I don't know why. I quite. I quite like Den Dunker. Ever since he signed, I thought. I quite. Do you know what it is? He's he's, he's kind of like a utility player. Um, and I'm a big fan yeah. of a utility player. I Quite like that type of player where they can just slot in wherever sort of thing. I remember that game against Man U later on when when ended up having Den Dunker up front. Um, <laughs> and he was winning like the headers and like holding it up. And I was like, oh, I like this. I, I like players. I like on the wing. I like players like... who do that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I just think he's a utility player he's a squad player and I think for the, for the money we paid for um you know Belgian international he played at the World Cup for Belgium I, I know their campaign wasn't too great but you know he's got a lot of Premier League appearances in the bank it's not a it's not a bad option to have really is it and it definitely freed Megan up um, yesterday really did and I thought could have brought Troy O'Reilly in but and, and, and he probably would have deserved it in a way Troy O'Reilly probably would have after them two goals but yeah. I think uh, I said to you before the game, I don't know if he'll trust Troy Roy for a 90-minute period. I mean, we had to be on it yesterday in terms of um, watching Newcastle on the counter as well, and I think it's just his defensive frailties that I think would concern the manager to be honest and so, and, he, and he's a good option to have off the bench and so yeah I thought he got yeah. it tactically spot on with his, with, with his selection yesterday there wasn't a lot he could do really was there with the injuries but um, I thought he got it spot on I look forward to you messaging me 10 minutes after we finish this podcast
0: saying you've brought a Den Dendonka shirt then
1: oh 100% 100% <laughs> it's going <laughs> to be happen. Done. whether it'll be like whether it'll be this uh, I've, I've already got the shirts from this season so it might, it might have to be saved till next season I don't know but yeah <laughs> at, one, at one, point, one point my rail will have a Dendonka 32 shirt on I'm guarantee
0: you make sure you get it in time for america then you can be sporting that round new york then den yeah, 32 absolutely. absolutely loving it try around the bench then it does give you that option because if things weren't quite going as well as they were it gives you that option off the bench because it talks about the injury no coutinho cash um there isn't too many options coming off the bench So i think that was another thing in Emery's mind as well in terms of starting den donka uh, back to ramsey with the goal then only three under 21 premier league players have scored 10 plus goals since the start of last season it's his fourth of the season do you know what another thing is as well he's the first sort of player for villa Who's starting to really make it? Who's younger than me, and that's really scary. I think he's like one month younger than me. That's terrifying. Like the, the way yeah. he's going and the fact he's younger than me. A little bit scary. A little bit scary indeed. Do
1: you know what makes me laugh about about like Ramsey and like young other young players? Like I, I I was hearing for like a lot of this season how that Oliver Skip at Spurs is like this incredible player, and oh Spurs have found an absolute gem in Oliver Skip, and you watch him mm-hmm. play, and he's like. He's literally really ordinary. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but he's literally really ordinary. <laughs> and then you look at Ramza; you, no one really talks about him. Let's be honest, and yet he's mm. he's just excelling, absolutely excelling, and just his driving runs and his pace and he's re- he's really strong now as well. He can really like, hold yeah. the ball up as well. And I, I just think he's developed so so much. And um and yeah, I just he, he just all of a sudden he looks like he's excelling even more under Emery I think you have that good span under Gerrard and to be fair fair play to Gerrard because he did develop Jacob Ramsey that was the one thing he did do Whoa, did, you,
0: did you just say fair play Gerrard I've never heard those words come out of your mouth that was weird I did, that
1: I <laughs> did and, I, and I'm a bit <laughs> I'm a bit in a bit of two minds where it was a bit coincidental I do think he was still <laughs> yeah. he was still on the upward curve under do you know uh, Jacob Ramsey <laughs> but I, I, to be fair no I've got to say though under Gerrard he did some, sort of come on a few more leaps and bounds than the Ramsey um, yeah. and I think uh, and I think Emery's just sort of taken that onto you know an even an even bigger level now, and he just he's a key key uh, figure in the Villa team, and I, you can't believe he's twenty one. It feels like he's been around for absolutely ever, doesn't it? Mean, I remember when he came on for his debut um, against West Brom in that 0 defeat we had at Villa Park, when it was looking yeah, when it, was it was looking proper, wasn't he? Yeah, and seventeen we, he was, and he was looking grim as well. Then I mean, we were sort of like lower yeah. halves of the championship table, and not long after that, we went on that ten game winning run. But yeah, I remember him coming on for his debut, and that just feels like an absolute age ago, doesn't it? It does. Do you reckon we'll
0: see uh, double Ramsey next season? Me and me and you went to go and watch um, Bristol City versus Middlesbrough, didn't we, couple, on Easter Monday? Aaron Ramsey excelled; he's probably Middlesbrough's best player, and then he plays on Friday night against Norwich, gets a goal, unfortunately gets injured. Archer's flying as well, by the way. Double
1: Ramsey next season fancy that i could see it happening i he won't be like starting games aaron ramsey very often but um i wouldn't he'll get a pre-season with villa in the summer and um, yeah, yeah. depending on what happens if we get into a european competition i think he would i think he'll stick around i really do because he's he's an of one he's matured a lot i think you look at him and yes. um from the player that struggled at Cheltenham on loan he obviously went to norwich and did quite well and then he got his move to middlesbrough as well and he's, he's been flying for them and um yeah, I think I think the midfield area as well. It's he's quite he's quite versatile. Aaron Ramsey. Um, he's probably a little bit more direct than Jacob. I think I said that to you at Bristol last week. Uh, I think he's a little bit more direct. He plays a little bit further forward than than Jacob. But I think because he's versatile, he can play anywhere in that sort of midfield area. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's more options in, in, in a team to, to you know to, to to play in those positions. And so um, I wouldn't be surprised. I really wouldn't be surprised if he's in and around it next year. Um, but he looks a top talent. And it's uh, scary to think that we've got these players on our books. It really is.
0: No, he's a really soft talent and he's kind of come out of nowhere, because you're right though, he was a little bit slow and sort of just going along with it at Cheltenham. But he's done done Norwich where he did well there and at Middlesbrough he's flying. If the Middlesbrough games on telly, I encourage anyone to watch it because it is really interesting. I actually I really enjoy going to Bristol City and watching him live. It's it's a really good experience and fair play to him. We'll go back to Jacob Ramsey then. He hit the bar, didn't he? Really like shortly after he'd scored as well. It could have been two there, and he probably should score. But again, though, it comes from morale. And a little bit on Moreno. What we've said it again in every podcast. What a signing! What a bargain! He's the outball, and he's 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 one of our best players at the moment. Every time you trust him to beat his man, pop it through their legs, whatever. You always trust him, and he's so good going up and down. Absolute joy to watch Alex Moreno. What a signing that's been!
1: Yeah, incredible, incredible, and um, I think it's, it's it's you can see how vital that role is in Emery's system now. Like he obviously he, he spoke about it actually last week. He was talking about how he likes his left fullback to get a lot higher than than the right fullback, and that and that does happen. It's a, it's a bit of a weird system, really. I, I i don't think I've seen a team play it yeah. before, to be honest with you. It's, it's a weird system, um, but it works really well. I mean, he's it's his pace that it's his pace, and I think it's his distribution that 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 does it for him. I, every time yeah. like, he's on that left wing and normally a left back would just swing that in wouldn't they and it would be like quite a difficult chance for a striker in the box but he doesn't he takes an extra touch and he tries to take it round a player and and more often than not he finds that he finds a teammate in the box nearly every single time and it was he it was, it was his best performance in the villa shirt by far uh, yesterday yep. um but yeah I just think what a piece of skating or or knowledge or from memory that was to bring him in because I mean what would we repay like 12 13 million for him yeah. and he's just He's absolutely incredible, and interestingly, I saw some Newcastle fans say on Twitter that, "Oh, look, look how Villa have got this bloke Moreno, and 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 we got Dan Burn, you know, sort of six foot seven, <laughs> Dan Byrne struggling against the uh, winger John McGinn, sort of thing." I think, uh, and I, and I think that shows. I think that just shows when a, an opposition supporter who's in the top three, four of the league, is saying, "Look at this bloke at left back for Villa." Right? I think it shows how well he's done. and he settled so so quickly, and um. Yeah, key, key player for Villa. Luca Dean must be
0: thinking, oh, for, for, like he must be thinking, who's this guy Villa brought me in? I was the main man for a while. He's come in and he's Luka Dean. is isn't going to get a, a look in, unfortunately, with Alex Moreno. And you're right though, it is a weird system, isn't it? How different it is on the left-hand side and the right-hand side. It's so massively different, but it works. It's so good. On that other side then, that McGinn versus Dan Byrne uh, sort of tactical thing that was going on all afternoon. He had him on toast, didn't he, John McGinn? Dan Byrne absolutely couldn't cope with it. I think there was a sort of just before half time, he, he get I think it was Wendy that gets an elbow for his troubles from Dan Byrne because he was just frustrated Dan Byrne because he was getting turned inside out all afternoon. He really couldn't cope, could he? And he actually comes off, doesn't he, for uh, Matt Target of all people later on in the afternoon. But that was that was fun to
1: watch. That was yeah. You look at this, you look, you look at the comparisons in size there, and you wonder how did McGinn have six foot seven Dan Byrne on toast? How did that happen? Um, <laughs> but McGinn was just he was like a man possessed yesterday, John McGinn. Like how he was running like a, he was like a bulldog, wasn't he? He was literally onto everything. Yeah. And- and then, but again, he was precise though. Like his passing and um, and his creating of chances, it was absolutely precise. But. I think the thing that that I loved yesterday was that you were you were watching Villa and sort of in the opening few minutes they were trying to press us. Um, they, were, they were trying to press us quite high and Villa were just like, okay, we'll try and play it through yeah. But then after that, they, they were sort of sitting back as well, and um, and then we and then we just adapted our tactics and we just kept we just kept hitting McGinn out wide. We were like, right, if you're gonna press more, we'll mm. we'll just we'll just direct our passes out to McGinn. And Martinez's distribution was really good yesterday. It was just aimed for. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, aimed for McGinn every time, and he just controlled it and got Villa on the way, and we. Just felt like we had loads of space yesterday. It felt like so much space had opened up, and Newcastle kept trying to change it. They kept doing that, they kept going. They kept going more direct. They kept pressing more. They kept sitting back more. But everything they did, Villa just had a Villa just had a response to it immediately, and it was just so nice to see us mixing it up and be so comfortable in what we were doing as well. I think you trust John McGinn with your life,
0: wouldn't you? Just you wouldn't necessarily expect it in, in times gone by. But if he's in a really tight situation, three like massive Newcastle players on top of him, he'll get out of it or find a way that whether that's. Dribbling out or or finding an, an obscure pass, he just finds his way out of really tight situations. Create chances, driving with the ball. He's got absolutely everything. John McGinn, and he's my favorite Villa player. He is at the moment. I, I I absolutely love watching him. He's a joy to watch. He's got a bit of everything. I feel like we could go through the whole the whole team yesterday and do a bit on them yeah. and how incredible they were. But John McGinn again. Week after week after week, an incredible performance from him. Started the second half with another chance, didn't we? Sort of uh, start as you mean to go on. And I've so, I've talked about it to, to my mate when I was coming out the ground that you get these sort of performances from Villa, Villa in times gone by in terms of, yeah, you'll get half an hour there, 40 minutes there, 45 minutes if, you, if you're if you lucky with the good performance. But it's just consistent. We came out the blocks first half and second half yesterday with intense. Watkins had a, a similar chance to the one he had in the first half where he sort of drives it low and Nick Pope makes makes a save with his legs. But you just you just trust us and as soon as we got that second goal, it was it was pretty much game over, wasn't it, yesterday?
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we got that second goal and you and you knew that villa weren't gonna you know, weren't gonna let one back in or let or let the lead slip then and uh, yeah, it was a big reward. I thought we really deserved it. But again, we started the second half really well. Limited Newcastle for the chances. I think Martin has made a couple of regulation saves, ones he'd expected to make, but um from outside the area really again. Um but yeah, just just overall really deserved it and obviously we got that 2-0 lead and yeah, just felt comfortable then. It was sort of party time then, wasn't it? Yeah, Newcastle started to make a couple of changes, didn't they? I think
0: Anthony Gordon came off. Anthony Gordon, by the way, what's that what was he 45 million mate he was horrendous absolutely horrend- I don't get it Newcastle to be fair to them I said it in, in my video at the weekend haven't spent as much money as they probably could have done yes they've spent money but they could have spent more probably with the backing they've got Anthony Gordon's one of those players that they spent big on 45 50 million like one of a few yesterday you think really like he got dragged off and he got dragged off the week before didn't he at Brentford and there was sort of a video going round of him throwing a bit of a hissy fit but again another player that disappointed me was Nick Pope with the offside goals sort of went through him for a 6 foot 7 goalkeeper he's a little bit erratic the amount of times he comes off his line a little bit as well did it a couple of times yesterday and he's been sent off for it I think this season as well potentially giving away a couple of penalties he's a bit all over the place. But I just thought Newcastle yesterday, they weren't horrific. A couple of individual performances were, such as the goalkeeper. I just thought we just, we just made them look ordinary, didn't we, Newcastle?
1: We did. We absolutely did. And I think that was the main thing. I don't think it was them particularly being bad. I just think we stopped them doing what they wanted to do and they didn't have an answer to what we wanted to do. Simple as that, really. Um, I think back on Gordon, it so he always, he always worries me when a player has like a troubled spell at somewhere. And obviously he had the end of his... Uh, time at Everton, the last year or so, has been really troubled, and I just think mm. do you spend forty forty five million on a player who's had a, you know, a bit of a troubled like past and a bit of a reputation. Like, I think it's a lot of money to spend. I do on a player who's got who's got baggage. Who's coming with baggage? Yeah. Um, be interesting to see what happens because he's undoubtedly got talent. Um, but I think it, it will be a tough job for Eddie Howe to get it out of him. I, I really, really do. And then on Pope, I think, yeah, you're kind of right. I think he's a he's a really good goalkeeper. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a top goalkeeper. I think he's commanding. I think that's his main one. He's very commanding. Like, you know, when you when you laugh the ball into the box from a corner, you know, more times than not, he's going to come out and claim it. Do you know where I think he struggles a little bit? I feel like he struggles mm. to get down to, to save shots yes. a little bit. Yes. And, and like he, you, you see, like he's a little bit too late to get down. I think sometimes, and it results in like in, in parrying one, like straight back to you, or it results in one sort of going underneath him or something like that. And I, I kind of get the vibes. I, I, he's like a. I 'm not going to compare him to to him, but I was going to say he 's like he 's like a Lovre Kalinich sort of thing, like how hes how horrible he's, yeah how he struggles to get down on the floor uh, obviously he's like he 's obviously much better than Kalinic and like yeah. and he 's a really good goalkeeper but I think that's one area of his game where he can get he can get done a little bit. I don't think he's particularly great at getting down quickly because he's such a big goalkeeper as well, um, and that's hard for goalkeepers to get down so quick. Probably why we're probably why we look at Martinez because he's big, but he gets down. He seems to get down really quickly. He does. So yeah, um, yeah. I think Villa took advantage of that one yesterday. He's a big guy, Pope, so it's going to
0: be natural. But he he kind of just the amount of times yesterday he kind of made saves where he just like falls down on his ass and uses his feet to sort of kick it away. I think that's why Watkins had he had one in the first half and then the start of the second half. As well, that's why he was doing them sort of low drive drilled efforts, wasn't he? To sort of try and catch him out, he sort of did the same with that offside goal, which ended up going through him. Uh, going through him again, though, it comes from Moreno being so so quick that offside goal, and it is really tight, isn't it? Really, really tight. I don't know, you probably saw it a little bit clearer from where you were in the north stand. But I was celebrating like crazy. I couldn't see what Watkins sort of saying. As soon as he scored, you could see him going like, calm down, calm down, because he knew, didn't he? He knew it would have been close. But from where you were, did you kind of guess it was offside? Because I definitely did not.
1: Uh, I was kind of looking at the linesman, just because that's what I always do. I always expect it anyway. So I was kind of looking at the linesman. He, he, did, he did look, he did, I thought he did look a little bit offside, to be honest with you. And then after the replay showed that, he was offside. He definitely was offside. So, um, so yeah. But, yeah, that's the moment when you think, oh, could it turn the other way? Now, we've had that short tough. Could it turn the other way? But we didn't. We just got stronger from there on in, really.
0: It most certainly didn't turn the other way, did it? Three minutes later, again, Moreno to Watkins once more. Pretty poor defending. Watkins has his back to goal about, what, eight yards out? He's just allowed to swivel on it and pop it in the bottom corner. It's a brilliant finish. And at that point, like we said a couple of minutes ago, that it's game over, isn't it? He takes the mick, swiveling
1: on the turn, absolute scenes victory wrapped up. Yeah, it was and um thoroughly deserved. Thoroughly, thoroughly deserved for how we how we performed and yeah, Ollie Watkins is just uh, again, a man possessed. A man is an absolute fire. You can just see his confidence flowing through him at the moment and everything he turns, every, everything he touches, sorry, turns to gold, doesn't it? Um and yeah, he's just in the form of his life at the moment.
0: Emery's celebrations was really funny for that one as well. He went absolutely mental because again, though he probably realised right, that's that's game made now. Like that's three points in the bag. Points yesterday. Did you notice Emery was like halfway down the touchline? It was almost at the corner flag. Yeah. Like fourth official would be saying, right, mate, you need to get booked for that. There's no need for that. Generally, he's not just a little bit out of his box halfway down the touchline it really made yeah. me laugh
1: he was he was really animated I saw a couple of uh, clips from when he was uh, he, you know he thought Villa were about to score and he was, on, nearly, he was on, on, on the floor at a couple of points and yeah. he couldn't believe we like, missed a couple of chances Ramsey's one against the bar was one of them but yeah he was really animated yesterday and then again it's, it's party time at that point Matt Target comes
0: on for Newcastle it's like as Dan Burns getting absolutely torn inside out Matt Target is probably not the player you want coming on when it's sort of like a really raucous stadium you know what he's like really doesn't like playing in front the crowds turns to uh turns to mush doesn't he Matt target he's not great and again he gets done for that third goal McGinn and are sort of combine find Watkins again I don't think it's a great finish to be fair I think what takes it away from Pope is I'm not sure who the centre back was but it took a nick and that really took it away from Nick Pope again he's doing that thing where he's trying to save it with his feet just gets a slight nick off the defender and again it's a Watkins goal 11 and 12 for him I, I I don't know what what more we can say. We say it every week because it seems that he scores every week. that's 11 in 12. that is insane. <laughs> that is a remarkable record. I think in the, in the Premier League as a whole as well he's got the most combined goals and assists in the Premier League from anyone with 14. It's remarkable and you can see he can't he can hardly believe it himself when he scored that third yesterday. He couldn't really believe it. It was like, yep me again I, I can't believe it. What a guy he's got to be in that England squad.
1: He is flying. Yeah, he is, and uh, since the World Cup, he's only bettered. He's only bettered by Harland, which just. It just shows you really how, how incredible he's been, um. Yeah, just he just looks a different player, doesn't he? Just looks a totally different player. That confidence is flowing through him, and yeah, you just you feel like he's going to score every game at the moment. He's just and his work rate's still there. That's the thing. He's not chasing dead yeah. end balls like he used to. He's sort of staying in that position where he's going to find the space to score, and he's very intelligent. His movements very intelligent. Ollie Watkins, and he finds himself in a lot of really good positions. And but it feels like his finishing's improved as well. It really does. It yeah. feels like whatever work Emery and his coaches have been doing, it's paying off because his finishing has just really shot up. Southgate was in the stands
0: to see it as well. I saw a clip with uh, Perslow and I think Johan Lang celebrating hard for that third goal and sort of you can see Southgate behind them sitting down sort of with a smirk on his face like he knows but it was it was really funny to see Southgate see Oli Watkins score again. Full time then 3-0 chance of we're all going on a European tour and 3-0 on your big day out best atmosphere of the season mate I feel like I talk about it all the time but just being in that whole end yesterday absolute privilege and that that atmosphere comes across on on the video as well so I encourage anyone to go and watch that Villa on Tour video but it was just insane like we said it was on par with that Everton game when we were back in the Premier League that first win back in the Premier League an absolute joy to be a part of it was so good all afternoon wasn't it
1: yeah it was, it was an absolute pleasure to be there and I think the fans more than played their part yesterday and I think they have for a number of weeks now but yeah yesterday was just something else and like I say I always talk about it, the fans need the players to sort of uh, feed off them and the players need to get the fans up for it and you know vice versa and and that's what's happening at the moment but the fans were just inc- incredible and I've seen a few like clips go around on Twitter of the whole End and how loud it was and um, and I, you know what, I think it kind of stunned the Newcastle away support into a bit of silence as well because mm. Newcastle travel, Newcastle travel really well as we know. They've come a long way for a half kick to kick-off, but gotta say, from the away following, I thought it was really quiet yesterday. And obviously, I sit right by the away end, and obviously, yeah, the, you, you, it happened because you know Villa raced into an early lead and stuff, but. I've never seen an away following so quiet for quite a while. To be fair,
0: well, I'll have to take your word for that because where from where I sit, I can't hear any away crowds ever. Like unless they score, I cannot hear any away end ever. But you being like pretty much right next to it, that's actually really interesting. That is because I yeah. I think they would they were going mental after like we scored the third. It's sort of like a derogatory thing, like yeah, let's have a party. We've lost whatever but no that's really interesting that is fair play
1: yeah and it's not it's not a dig i'm not i'm not saying it just to get a reaction out of people or just to you know just to put newcastle down i don't mind you know, i don't mind newcastle as a football club i know there's this whole uh, you know, sort of rivalry that's been there because of things that's happened in the past when Newcastle got relegated and whatever and Newcastle definitely took that to heart. I, I, I haven't got any rivalry with Newcastle. I don't really care about them. I, just, I, think they're a, I think they're a good club. I genuinely think they're a good club with a good fan base but just an observation yesterday, I just thought their away following just wasn't particularly in great voice yesterday. I just think some of the away ends that We've had recently at Leicester and not like Chelsea and Everton. I just think it wasn't a par. It was it wasn't on par with that. Sometimes you know I always think as well though, and it's interesting. It'll be interesting when it happens with Villa at some point. Um, I think when you're on a great run, obviously fans have that level of expectancy, and then when you don't put in mm. such a great performance, I think um, fans can sort of lose sight of. You know, you don't win every week. Football's not like that. And um, maybe, maybe, maybe Newcastle fans were a little bit guilty of that yesterday. I know there was a lot of arm waving and people weren't happy in that way and yesterday. I've
0: got a stat here that says most goals in the Premier League in twenty twenty three. Oli Watkins in
1: the Premier League Should, is he what has he scored more than Haaland? Then is that right? Uh, on match of the day last night, they said that Haaland has got one more than him. I think it was. I'm sure they said that much today, last night. Um, oh, I think I think uh, this is as of full-time yesterday. So, as of full-time
0: in the Villa game, because I think Haaland was the late kickoff and he scored a couple in that. So, most, most goals in the Premier League in 2023, Oli Watkins. Most goals and assists in the Premier League in 2023, Ollie Watkins. Most clean sheets in the Premier League in 2023, Aston Villa. Most points won in the Premier League in 2023, Aston Villa. And that was as of full-time yesterday in the Villa game what yeah (laughs) this is this is Aston Villa in the Premier League this this is remarkable this run we are on now it is nothing short of remarkable Unai Emery take a bow every single player 1 to 11 take a bow loving life at the moment mate
1: absolutely breaking all these club records every single week we're at the top of the charts in the Premier League for for all them things you've just listed but apparently we're lucky so There we go. You know, if (laughs) if that's what being lucky is, I'll take it every single day of the week, to be honest with you. Um, But yeah, in all seriousness, it's uh, real, real happy days. And just the vibe around the whole club at the moment, you know, like just a word as well. Like I was at the, um, I was at the under 21s on Friday night. Um, It was their last home game of the season against Derby. And, uh, if you follow the under 21s, they had a dreadful sort of first half of the season, really, really poor first half of the season when they were sort of in the bottom sort of three or four of the league. Um, And in the second half of the season in 2023, pretty much again, um, they've, they've only like lost like one, they've only like lost once and they've like drawn like twice or something in all those games that they've played. They've been absolutely incredible. They've now put themselves um, in a, in a fighting position to get a playoff place and they've got, it all comes down to the final game. And, um, but I was there on Friday night at Buddymore Heath and, um, there's quite a lot of people there. And it's just the buzz around the place. Genuinely, it's the buzz around the place. So I've been to three Villa matches this weekend. Under-21's Friday, the, senior, te- the men's, senior men's team yesterday, and then the women's game earlier on today. And all three games, there's just a massive buzz around what is going on around Aston Villa Football Club at the moment. And, uh, yeah, it's just so nice. I, I feel like it's been so long. You know, we've had little positive little moments and little things you can grab onto. And as we've been mm. building over the last few years, you know, we haven't had that expectancy to be, you know, top six we still haven't got that expectancy now let's be honest but I just no. feel like the club's in such a good position and god it felt a very different picture didn't it last uh, last October and, and I remember talking about it last October how unbalanced we felt as a team as a club I didn't know the direction really the club was going in you know we'd we'd come up from the championship and we would had these few years and under Smith and then Gerrard and it just felt a bit like we we're a bit where, where are we actually going um, and all it took was just a genius manager like Ian Emery to come in to to sort of make that all clear, make everything so much more clear for us, and then obviously a big a big shout out to obviously the the, the coach in the under twenty one setup because that's that's all on them as well how they performed and um, to Carla Ward in the women's team, but just overall just the club just feels in such a really strong position and everyone's excited as well because of the stuff off the field in terms of building the new inner you know academy uh, down by the villa and the new stand uh, coming at some point villa being part of the bid to host euro 2028 and it just it just feels like a really good place to be at the moment aston villa and uh, I just feel like it's it's a long time coming and I just think the fans really, really deserve it. Yeah, it's 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 brilliant, top
0: to bottom, absolutely brilliant at the moment. We seem to be breaking records individually and as a team pretty much every week. Something comes out, we've won five games in the Premier League uh, in a row for the first time since 1998. It's only We've only done that three times since the inception of the Premier League. We've only won five games in a row three times. Unai Emery's done that in his first season. It's remarkable and it... Do you remember when Steven Gerrard was saying that Chelsea should come to Villa Park and wipe the floor with us? That was this season. Yeah. That was this season. Look at us now. We're sixth. We are what eleven points clear of Chelsea. That was this season. It's 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 crazy. Like what what does it what does it say? Like where what were we doing? It's the same group of players under Steven Gerrard. And look at us now. I I, I genuinely can't get my head around it. I can't. And even if we if we don't get Europe this season, whatever, like. I'm I'm still going to be buzzing. Look, even a few weeks ago, we were saying we're looking at top 10. That's what we should be aiming for. We're now sixth a couple of points off the Champions League places, like six points off Man United in fourth. What? It's, I can't get my head around it. It is mental. And I just want to bottle this feeling and keep it forever. I love it. Loving life at the moment.
1: I, f- I think what you just said there about we're now 11 points ahead of Chelsea. Just a reminder, we 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 were behind Chelsea f- only 15 days ago before we played them. We literally played wow. them 15 days ago. At the start of that game, we were below them. Um, how has that? that even happened? Like, that just feels crazy, doesn't it? absolutely crazy um yeah Chelsea are in great form we've been in brilliant form so that's how it's happened but it still feels absolutely mad it just feels absolutely crazy doesn't
0: it that's Chelsea that won the Champions League less than two years ago by the way and we're, we're mixing it with them we are six points ahead of Liverpool as well uh they've got two games in hand but they've got to win them to even be on level points with us we've got to play Liverpool we've got to play Tottenham around us Brighton Man United Brentford obviously our next game Fulham and then after that Bring it on, mate. Bring it on. We'll be at Brentford, won't we, on Saturday. What do you reckon there then? They've lost their last three games. Haven't won in five. Hard place to go, of course, especially if you are Aston Villa. We've got a pretty rank record there. But um, you, you go there expecting to... Expectations sort of high as well. Like, you don't fear Brentford. Yeah, we've got a disgustingly bad record there. But again, you go there... Loving life at the weekend. We'll be getting the train down to London on Saturday. Expecting another three points. Why not?
1: As I keep saying, it's our next cup final. Um, it's our next really really big cup final. Um, and I think I said yesterday before the before the game yesterday, I said what will it take to definitely secure a place in Europe? And we said. Five wins would definitely give it you. So we got one yesterday. We got four to go, and um, yeah, we got we got tough games. It might not take all them to get Europe. To be fair, but mm. um, that that that's the sort of figure I put on it yesterday. And um, yeah, but again, we don't want to look too far ahead. We just want to play the next game, and I'm sure I'm sure the manager will think of uh, think of think of his tactics to to play against Brentford and his. Um, yeah, any system, um, and we go there in confidence. We go there in a lot of confidence. Brentford might be a little bit on the beach, I suppose. You know, they've, they've their their season starting to grind to a halt a little bit. It'll still be a tough game, but I, I feel like it's one of them games. It's the end of the season game where Brentford uh, probably don't have a fat lot to play for, and so um, I'd I'd be going there in confident mood. Not, I'm not saying we're definitely gonna win, but again, we're playing well we've got the players to do it. Hopefully we might have some more players back as well in terms of Kamara, yeah. sure or, or anything like that, which will help us definitely in the closing weeks of the season. But yeah, take each game as it comes. Next cup final Saturday. So, Let's see what happens. No, it'll be
0: a hard place to go, of course. It
1: kind of always is. And the reason I don't want Brentford to beat us is because,
0: I don't know if you remember this, but their stadium announcer is incredibly loud. I don't know. I just pick up on really stupid small things like that when I go to away grounds and <laughs> sort of experience a different club's home atmosphere. The stadium announcer proper screams down the microphone. <laughs> it really scares me. I think we conceded a a, you concede a late winner to them last season. I think it was 1-1, wasn't it? And we conceded yeah, late. Was. The yeah. stadium announcer comes over the tannoy. Jesus Christ, mate. Like, it proper scares me so hopefully a clean sheet at Brentford on Saturday but again we go um, Fulham on Tuesday again another game in quick succession at Villa Park Fulham yes they won their last game at Everton at the weekend but before that they'd lost five in a row in all competitions. so again it's a home game at Villa Park under the lights as everyone loves to say it'll be raucous again that's <laughs> you just take it in your stride and you? you absolutely take it in your stride and bring it on I say bring it on
1: yeah, absolutely, and like a a weird thought in my head. And this is probably dangerous, but weird thought in my head. You know, we've now clocked up. Um, we've now up five on the bounce. You know, could, could we extend that to the ten like we did in the championship? Oh, could you? Could you, could you imagine? Could you imagine that? I'm not saying it's going to happen, but, um, you know, who knows? Who knows? You know, like, look, I'm look, that's a, that's a, that would be a huge achievement. <laughs> that would, it's probably, probably out the realms of possibilities maybe. But, um, yeah, I think that just shows you how, how well we do. And if we're going to have that sort of confidence that we've got at the moment, I just think that shows you how good we're all feeling about everything. And, uh, yeah, I'm buzzing. I'm, I'm buzzing for the next game constantly. Like I say, it feels like tournament football. It genuinely does feel mm. like you're in a tournament right now. And um, that I'd love to be playing on Tuesday again. I would like Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. I'd love to be doing it again. I would because that's what it feels like now. We feel like we're in a race to look like, kind, kind of like you are playing a tournament, like the Euros, or the World Cup, or whatever. Um, mm. So yeah, absolutely. Bring you on. I'm buzzing for Saturday already. I can't wait to just waste my days through at work this week. To, just to get through till, till <laughs> saturday for being honest waking up
0: every morning thinking about the villa going to sleep thinking about the villa watching so much villa content drink it in enjoy it. everyone have a good rest of the week we shall see you on the villa on saw youtube channel on uh, saturday at brentford we shall see you there so enjoy your weeks like i said and up the villa